God could show up at any point and radically change your day. You might be baffled. Pay attention. What does God's favor look like for you right now? For Mary, it was to become pregnant. And Jesus was going to become the Savior of the world. Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hey everyone, welcome back to the second episode in the Oh Weary World Rejoice Advent Study. Yes, that's a tongue twister, but it is so good. Why are we doing this study? Because we want to exchange weariness, weariness for the love and the joy and the peace and the wisdom that Jesus brings. And so we are walking through five weeks together of this study, A Weary World Rejoice. And last week, the previous episode 37 was titled The Beginning, Session 1, The Beginning. And we dove into John chapter 1 to remind ourselves that Jesus didn't just appear on the scene, you know, three, two, one action in in the beginning of Luke or any of the gospels in zero AD or whatever we're calling it now, CE. He existed since the beginning of time. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Word was God. The Word was with God. The Word was Jesus. They hovered over the waters, hovered over the face of the earth, and existed since the time has begun, since time began. And Jesus came onto this earth in that time frame, in that nativity narrative that we know in order to reconcile us to God himself, in order to to bring grace, reconciliation, connection to the world. And so this week we are diving into the more traditional narrative and reminding ourselves of the story of how Jesus, the human being, fully God and fully man, came into this world in Luke chapter 1. But before we dive into that, I want to talk a little bit about who was Luke. Why do we care? Why do we believe him? You know, what's his street cred? So Luke was a Greek doctor and the only known Gentile author in the New Testament, which I find quite fascinating. He was a close friend and companion of the Apostle Paul. Perhaps you've heard of him. And Luke, Dr. Luke, wrote the book of Acts. So these two books go great together. It's one full story. So if you want a fantastic reading plan, read the book of Luke, go straight into the book of Acts, and you will absolutely be blessed by that. This book was written, this book of Luke was written about 60 years after the birth of Christ. So that's where we are in the story. And it's it's commonly revered. The Gospel of Luke is really commonly known as the most, quote, comprehensive gospel. It is chock full of all the stories, of all the details. We know that we can we can trust Luke. He writes and he is well, very well educated. So he's not just writing fluff and making stuff up. 
he actually did a lot of research into what he was doing, just like a doctor might, really digging deep into all the details and figuring out exactly what was going on. Dr. Luke stresses Jesus's relationships with people. I love this gospel because he's really taking a focus, a sharp focus into Jesus's interactions and relationships with people. Luke definitely emphasizes prayer as a means of connection and power with God. Miracles, many, many, many accounts of miracles in the Gospel of Luke, and angels, which I find exciting, intriguing, mysterious. And so, anyway, it, it kind of gives me the chills to think about the number of angels that appear to people in this Gospel. And side note, this is what I particularly love Luke gives a prominent place to women. Women are not dismissed in his gospel. They are actually revered and highlighted as vessels, as leaders in authority and presenting the gospel and sharing Jesus with others. So Dr. Luke is concerned that eyewitness accounts be preserved accurately. That is why he's writing this gospel and that the accounts of this will be transmitted intact to the next generation. So he's very clear that he wants the truth, the details, the intact, real version of the story so that generation after generation can hear without dilution, without watering it down, the account of Jesus. Many, many people had written accounts about Jesus, actually, which I find fascinating. Not They're not all in the 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 Bible. We do have four accounts, specifically the four Gospels. And Luke may have used some of these accounts of many people writing about Jesus to fact check his own writings. But rest assured, he was really focused on writing only truth. When you read the book of Luke, and I would argue the rest of the Bible, but specifically this book, you know that there there is a truth. It's anchored in the details. It's anchored in research. And we can trust Dr. Luke as we read. So I want to read Luke 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And this is really Luke's general dedication to all the readers that are going to be coming among us. He says, quote, and I'm reading from the ESV, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us. So he's basically saying a lot of people have written this thing down. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. So again, just more words saying a lot of eyewitnesses, a lot of people writing stuff down. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past. So he's like, hey, I want to jump into the into the bunch here. I have followed these things very closely. And he says to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. So he's talking specifically to the Theophilus in this passage, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. And I love that phrase. It particularly jumps out to me because Luke is saying, listen, Theophilus, a lot of people have undertaken to compile this narrative. There are many eyewitnesses, and I also wanted to jump into this bunch and and write these things down for you. Why? Why? So that you, and I would argue that, that God is specifically talking to you as you listen to this right now, so that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. It is really not uncommon for us to start to wonder. We're human. We wonder about the narrative of the things that we have been taught, and we wonder, is this really true? 
how do I know that this is really true? This seems very far-fetched. This seems absolutely incredible, unbelievable. I'm not sure if I believe this anymore. Now, there's no shame in asking questions or doubting or anything like that. We are human. God knows this. The accounts in the Bible are full, full, full of people asking questions. And Jesus himself was very compassionate and patient with questions. But at the end of the day, Jesus asked people to make a choice. What do you believe? Your faith is going to make you well. So have you forgotten the good and wonderful news of Jesus? As we grow, as we mature, as we experience the, the knocks of life in a broken world, it is, it is not uncommon to forget about the good and wonderful news of Jesus because we're battered and we're bruised. Has your heart been lulled into a weary apathy? Again, this study is called A Weary World Rejoice. How can you rejoice when you are weary? Only by the love and grace of Jesus, I would argue. If your heart has been lulled into weary apathy by anxieties and cares of the world, again, there's no shame in this. The the, the important thing is to name it, to see it, to sense it, to not dismiss the things that are going on in your mind, in your body, to pay attention to them and say, you know what? I am quite weary and apathetic and cynical and all what you fill in the blank. And yet Jesus says, bring me your cares, cast them on me. So do you wonder if the power of that truth, the power of the good news of Jesus is even enough to transform anything anymore? Is it really that good? Is it really, is he really that powerful? You're not alone. This has clearly been a challenge since the beginning of time for us humans. We see some obvious intervention or provision of God. We give him thanks. There's this miracle. There's a season of like, oh my gosh, God showed up for me. And then we forget. We get brain fog. We slip back into our old ways. And then he graciously shows up again. That's what we are diving into and focusing on in this study. Generations, centuries of human beings have seen God's hand in action. The Israelites have walked with him. They've seen his miracles. And then every time there's a, there's a wandering away, there's a distance, there's a wilderness. This is the human way. We forget, we, for, we slip in back into old things and then God shows up again. Why? Because he is full of grace and love for us. Think of this as kind of a reset for you. I don't know where you are in your life right now but he is showing up for you once again. Always, he will never stop. Will you show up for him? Will you continue to dive into the narrative of scripture? Will you listen to these episodes? And then I would also challenge you to go onto oweryworldrejoice.com and grab the supplemental study guide. It's going to take you through corresponding scripture and deep personal reflection questions to really get at what does God want to show you in this season? What is he bringing forth to you? In the, in the guide, if you grab it, session two, part two, I'm going to ask you to go through the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth. So I will just give you a very high level right here. But before Mary, before the whole thing happens with the angel and Mary, there's a story about a priest called Zachariah. And Zechariah is married to Elizabeth, and they were very, very religious people. They blamelessly observed all of God's commandments and requirements. However, they were childless. This is a big detail of their story. And 
she is infertile. Elizabeth is. And both of them were getting on in years. I feel like that's how people begin to describe me. She's getting on in years past those childbearing age. And then one day, so this is all in chapter one of Luke, Zachariah is performing his priestly function. So his duty is to go into the sanctuary and burn the incense. And while he's doing that, it's his day to go in there. It's his task. And when he's inside, an angel of the Lord appears to him and Zachariah is terribly agitated and bothered. He's like, what is going on? And the angel speaks to him and he says, don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. Elizabeth, your wife is going to bear a son and you're going to call him John. So he he goes on to, to talk about who John is and what he's going to bring about on the earth. And Zechariah in verse 18 says, um, how can I know this is true? I'm an old man. My wife's getting on in years. And and the angel Gabriel says, I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to tell you this th- these things. But because you don't believe, you're going to live in silence until the proper time. So that's the rest of the story. Zechariah comes out and he can't speak. Ultimately, Elizabeth does get pregnant. It is it is not an immaculate conception. So just so you know, they had to go about this the, the old-fashioned way. And she becomes pregnant. He is he is mute for those nine months. And then when John is born, then then they are able to, to you know, kind of go about the rest of the story. But in the middle of this, okay, so Zechariah's gone into the temple. He's received the word from the angel Gabriel that that Elizabeth is going to become pregnant. And six months later, so Elizabeth is still pregnant at the time when we're picking up the story in Luke with Mary. So six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is the parallel narrative that is happening. Okay, I'm going to read to you Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 33 in the new, in the, in the voice translation. And it says six months later in Nazareth, a city in the rural province of Galilee, the heavenly messenger Gabriel made another appearance. So we've just discussed the fact that he came to Zechariah and now he's making another appearance. This time, the messenger was sent by God to meet with a virgin named Mary, who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David himself. The messenger entered her home. Greetings, you are favored, Gabriel says, and the Lord is with you among all women on the earth. You have been blessed. Verse 29, the heavenly messenger's words baffled Mary. She wondered what type of greeting this was. She is completely perplexed. And the angel Gabriel says, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Listen, you are going to become pregnant. You will have a son and you must name him Savior or Jesus, Emmanuel. Jesus will become the greatest among men. He will be known as the son of the highest God. God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever. Our key passages this week is Luke chapter one, verse 30 and 31. Don't be afraid. You've found favor with God. You are going to become pregnant Jesus will become the greatest among men. What does the becoming look like? 
There are so many layers here that we can dive into. Now, the angel Gabriel appeared not only to Zechariah and to Mary, but he actually appeared to the prophet Daniel more than 500 years earlier. This guy's been around a while. And each time the angel Gabriel appears, he brings an important message from God. Isn't that fascinating? He has been tasked to bring these important messages to God's people. And yet Mary was young, poor, female. So these characteristics would make her seem unusable by God. And yet God's favor, his blessing, this does not automatically bring instant success or fame. In fact, his blessing on Mary would lead to much pain. I think this is an interesting point to settle on. The angel Gabriel tells her, you are highly favored by God. What does that mean in the kingdom? In our human flesh, we think, oh, you are highly favored. That means you're going to have success and you're going to have money and you're going to have fame and you're going to have glory. When we pray for favor, what are we actually meaning? Because God is favoring Mary and he is about to bring his son, the savior of the world through her body. But this blessing is going to lead to much pain. She's going to be ridiculed by her friends. Her fiance is going to be close to leaving her, although he doesn't in the end. Her son is going to be rejected and murdered. Man, when you think about what does it look like to be highly favored by God? I'm not saying that when God that when God comes upon us that all these bad things are going to happen. But there is this mysterious tension in this moment and in this narrative. She is being tasked. She is being asked. She is being given the responsibility and the privilege of communing with God himself, of bearing his son Jesus to the world. And yet she is going to have to be so closely connected to the father because she is going to ultimately walk through so much pain. Put yourself in that situation. Can you imagine being a young girl kind of going about your daily life, living your actual life, you know, doing the household chores and probably bickering with your brothers and sisters and going out to take care of the animals and sweeping the house. And all of a sudden, an angel shows up. And I love this moment because we often might think that there's this like holy light that's coming over Mary and she has this peace and just this this reverent moment. But in different translations, it says that she's baffled, that she's perturbed, that she's afraid. What could this possibly mean? She is a human being who's encountering an angel and she has a reaction that most of us would have like, what in the heck is going on right now? And the angel says to her, don't be afraid. God loves you. You will become pregnant. What does that look like for you today? This idea that you are going about your daily life, doing your daily tasks with your family, with your friends, with the people around you. God could show up at any point and radically change your day. You might be baffled. Pay attention. What does God's favor look like for you right now? For Mary, it was to become pregnant and Jesus was going to become the savior of the world. Jesus is going to lead people to to eternal life. 
People will become free. Demons will be banished. Sins will be forgiven because of who Jesus is and what he is bringing to the earth. And Mary is confused and disturbed, and she wonders what the angel can mean. I don't think that Mary fully understood who her child was going to be. How, how could she? At least I don't, I don't see how she could. The idea that the God of the universe would choose you to carry his, his divine son, the Messiah, I would imagine would be quite overwhelming. I believe had she understood the magnitude of what she was about to step into, she could not have possibly performed her duties as, as a mother. I mean, how can you do that? You know, it's so interesting because as a human being, I don't know about you, but I love details. I kind of want to know what's coming around the bend. What does this mean? If God, if you're going to talk to me, if you're going to invite me into this thing, I want to know all the answers. And yet I believe that kingdom revelation is just one step at a time. Who are you becoming as you step into the narrative of God's hand at work in your life? The angel was only permitted to reveal to her two things. Number one, that she would become pregnant from the hand of God. And number two, that the son that she would bear would be the Messiah and the son of God. That's it. That's all she knows. She doesn't have any single other detail from there at this point. Do not be afraid. This is what the angel tells her. He's giving her this beautiful, overwhelming divine download. How is God showing up for you as you sense his spirit hovering over you? Let's go back to the word. The word was God. The word was was with God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. This word, this son has come to you. This narrative of becoming, of birthing into the kingdom of God is coming from Jesus into you right now. Who is he calling you to be? Who will you become? You're becoming more like Christ. You're becoming walking in the spirit and and releasing the flesh is not just for you. It is for those generations to preserve an intact gospel for those generations that are coming behind us. So for those of you that are parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, this work that you're doing to receive the the word of God to receive the blessing and the favor of God to become more like Jesus. Yes, it is directly beneficiary to you. Of course you will benefit from it. But as you become more like Christ, as you become kingdom child of God, someone who's walking in the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, you know, you know, I'm going to butcher it. But the point is, As you inhabit and walk out those characteristics, the people around you and the people coming behind you are going to eat. They are going to be nourished by the fruit that is coming from you. We cannot put worldly parameters on what it actually looks like. It's God's choice. And I want to end with this. I truly believe that God's blessing over your life, God's hand of work over your life is directly connected to your personal becoming. Mary was to become pregnant. Jesus would become the savior of the world. What is God's spirit bringing into your life right now? 
what is he planting in your heart and your mind and your soul so that you can become the child that he means you to be, that he created you to be? What are you becoming so that you are walking in divine alignment with who God is in your life? You might be baffled and perplexed. Guess what? You're not alone. (laughs) Most of us are baffled and, and perplexed at many times. And yet you have a choice in that moment. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to dismiss it and be afraid and say, this is too confusing. I don't understand it. Therefore, I say no and I walk away. Or do you take that moment and say, you know what? This is confusing. I don't understand it. And I will walk in faith and I will take the next right step to say, okay, God, may it be unto me as you have said. So spoiler alert, we're heading into those verses in the next week or two, and we are going to follow Mary's journey. What does she do after she receives this revelation from the angel Gabriel? Where does she go? What happens? And what does this story mean to us today? How can this story and her interaction with God himself revolutionize, revolutionize where you are, who you are becoming and what you are about to step into. So I love you guys. Once again, if you want to travel this journey with me, this is part two, and then we will do parts three, four, and five moving forward. And you can grab your supplemental study guide, a devotional journal meant just for you. You can do it alone or with friends. I would highly suggest that you go through that as you're listening to these episodes, because it's going to give you a deeper, richer, transformative experience as you dive into other scriptures, as you study this for yourself and begin to reflect on and answer those journal questions to say, Lord, what do you want me to know? What are you bringing into my life so that I can become more like you and bring about your kingdom, love, purposes, truth, and wisdom on this earth? Again, that's ohwearyworldrejoice.com. You can grab your study guide there and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsen or head to my website, MeganBNilsen.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.